Hello, I am your host, Isaac Mack. Joining me today is Claudia Binyamin. Now, Claudia holds a bachelor's and honors degree in psychological science. She currently works as a behavioral therapist for children with autism, uh, where she specializes in applied behavior analysis. She's very passionate about her work uh, with children and as a result is also doing her master's in applied behavior. On top of all that, Claudia is also a youth leader at the CWC group in Melbourne. Claudia, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, firstly, let me tell me, uh, how is it down in Melbourne? It's, uh, I used to call it the uh, South Pole. I used to live there for a good uh, four years. Oh, amazing. Like, I love Melbourne. It's yep. the best city, as you as know. You know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's very cold down here at the moment. So we're in winter. Um, we're in isolation. We can't do much. So... Oh. That's us right now, stuck at home. And you got the heaters going full blast? Heaters are going full blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember Melbourne well. I mean, tell me what's your... I'll tell you mine. I'll share with you mine. But what's your favourite thing about Melbourne? Just the culture. There's yeah. always so much to do in Melbourne. Like, the city's always, you know, people running around. There's activities to do. The vibe is just amazing. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Well, my, mine is... I'd agree with you on that. Mine is actually the food. Oh, amazing food and coffee too. Coffee, yeah. I, I miss yeah. that coffee. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome. Um, firstly, let me tell you, God bless you for what you do. I, mean, I think what you Thank do you. is amazing. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, I suppose, your journey and what brought you to the point where you are now? Mm -hmm. So... For me, I've always wanted a career where I could work with people and help people as well. And so it really wasn't up until high school when I chose psychology as an elective that I realized this is the field that actually can help me to help people. You know, I was always interested in how people think, how they feel and how they behave. And so I thought, wow, like this is really cool. Psychology can get me there. So I continued with it through all of high school, through all of university. And really when I was in university, I think it was about third year, I undertook a subject called developmental psychology and another one on autism. And I was like, this is for me definitely just working with children, being able to help them, help them learn and to grow. I thought this is the best place to be right now. Brilliant. Um, well, uh Autism, I mean, for those who don't know, can you explain what autism is? And uh, I know there's different levels of autism, but could you, could you mm -hmm. please go into that for us? Yeah, so there are different levels of autism, but basically autism is a disruption of normal learning processes. So um, it can affect language and it can affect communication and cognitive skills and just adaptive functioning. So children with autism fall behind their peers because they don't have the ability to learn the same way that people typically would learn. And so the therapy that we provide is applied behavior analysis. So that's a field of psychology that looks at developing and implementing learning theories and how can we help people with autism to learn the best that they can so that they can learn and they can grow and that they can develop. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. So you're, I suppose, at the point where, you know, they've already been diagnosed? They've already been diagnosed yep. and they come to us for treatment and intervention. And 
our therapy is basically very creative and it's very flexible so it can meet in specific needs because each child is different with autism. So what we do is we assess the function of behavior so we yeah. can develop a specific program that can meet their need. And that could be a program based on language and developing speech, or it could be a program right. around social skills and how can we develop their social skills. Right. And is it, so you would, is it fair to say there's no one program for all? Like there'd be, it's quite, there's not a general structure, like from level there's one to, no? There's no general structure, no. So each child that comes to us is different. And we need to find the best programs for them to meet their specific needs. Um, can you explain, uh, I suppose, the different levels? So someone who is on a, do you call it mm -hmm. spectrums, is it? It's a spectrum, yes. Yeah. So there's high functioning and there's low functioning. Okay. And that could be a child coming to us without any verbal skills. So this is where we develop and implement speech and language programs. But then there could be a kid who comes to us who has a lot of language and a lot of communication skills, but may not have that social skills. So then we implement social programs um, for them to be able to read social cues, understand emotions, how to communicate with peers. Okay. Um, I, I suppose uh, growing up, I never really heard about, um, you know, I've got a few more years, I think, on me than you. <laughs> but I, but I, <laughs> I think so. Hey, you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> when I suppose when I was growing up, uh, you know, in high school and, and whatnot, you, you never really heard about autism. You know, this is going back mm -hmm. around 20 years ago. So revealing my age here. And uh, it, so mm -hmm. around 20 years ago, you never really heard about it. And, uh, you know, when I got into the workforce, and I suppose in the last 10 years, I've worked with, you know, a lot of people and, and it seemed to come up more and more. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think, I mean, do you think there's been a increase in autism or has it, has it, is it more that there's more awareness about it? What, what would you say? I think right now is that there's more awareness about it. Back in the days when someone found out that their child may have di the diagnosis of autism, they wouldn't really speak about it. It was like, hush, hush, put it under the rugs. Oh, but right. I think right now there's more awareness right. and people are more open to it and are willing to understand what it is. So I think with the awareness, it's much better and people are able to understand exactly what autism is and what they can do to help. So there'd be a lot of people potentially walking around now that were never diagnosed. Is that fair to yeah. say? And, that's fair uh, to say as well. Yeah. And what would you say would their traits be right now if they never really had intervention or any help? It really depends on the level of severity that they're on. Yeah. Um, you know, there may be people with autism, but they're able to go about their daily lives. They're able to dress themselves and they're able to have relationships and talk to other people. Um, right. So sometimes it can go undiagnosed um, if they're able to cope. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, have you ever dealt with any um, children that were misdiagnosed? Do you think that's, has that ever come up? That hasn't come up in my career yet. Um, all the kids that I work with currently have the diagnosis of autism. Um, I've got to ask you this because, uh, you know, mm -hmm. people that listen in have got different, uh, we, we have, I suppose in this day and age, you've got people on extreme skepticism and you've got people that are, believe whatever comes out of the news and the government. And yep. you've got, I would say I'm somewhere in that middle. You know, I like to, okay. I like to do my research and, and uh, yep. you know, look a little bit deeper into things. 
Um, do you think vaccinations have ever had a, any play in this? I don't think so. According yeah. to the research that I've come across, I don't think so. Um, it's the evidence that is showing right now is saying that autism may be genetic because yeah. people with autism have neurological differences in their brain. So specific areas of the brain work differently and they fire different neurons and so. Mm. So I don't believe that it will be the vaccination. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've spoken to friends of mine and, you know, every now and then I know someone who has an autistic child, right? And mm. uh, I've, I've, I like getting into conversations with people and um, just probing and finding out, you know, things yeah. about them. It's always interesting to me. And sometimes I've heard the saying, hey, well, there's no one in my family who's ever had this. You know, I don't know how come my son or how my daughter has this. Um, would it be fair to say that they probably, there would have been and they just didn't know? Or what would you say to that? Yeah, probably. There's a lot of people who are still in denial um, yeah. and who aren't ready to accept it. And then people who do accept the diagnosis, they may go through a process of grief. Like they're not ready for action. They're not really understanding what it is. So a lot of the time that we at work, we do come across people who are still in denial, even though they do have a diagnosis. And why do you think that is? I mean, do you think parents, I mean, I'm a parent myself, and I, mm -hmm. you, know, you, you want to see the best in your kids always. And, yeah. and they're, yeah. they're, you can be in a level of denial about certain things, you know, their traits and whatnot. But um, do you think people are afraid to go down that track because they, they think that their children might not be intelligent? Because for me, from yeah. what I know about autism, I mean, there's some great minds in the past, like Albert Einstein, there's uh, talk mm -hmm. that he may have been autistic. So it's never really a lack of intelligence, is it? No, it's not. And I think just people or parents aren't ready to accept the fact that, you know, the kid may be a bit slow to learn or they may have specific behaviours that are tricky to deal with. And I think that is mm. what it is. Parents just want their best for their children to grow yeah. up in society to do well. Um, a lot of the parents want their kids to go to university and have relationships. And so they're worried about that. And they're worried about, well, what if one day when I'm not here, who's going to look after my kid? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. And I think that's very tricky for them. Yeah. So you're, you're obviously a big advocate for education, yes? Yes, of course. <laughs> it must be a bit of a delay. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I'm a fan of it. You know, education brought my family to this country. Um, mm -hmm. suppose, but you do have to be passionate about what you do, right? I mean, I think that's, that's important. Uh, yeah. I mean, what would your advice be to young people considering, um, I suppose, rewind back to when you were in high school, what would be your advice to people who are considering, you know, potentially going to university or you know, any tertiary education? Yeah, I think education is very important. To me, I've always believed that we live in a country, we're so lucky that it offers us education. Yeah. Um, there's so many other countries around the world that don't have access to education or a good education system like we do here, or mm. kids may be um, not accepted or denied access to education. And I feel like we are so lucky and that because we are so lucky, let's take advantage of it. Let's do something great with it, whether it's university or whether it's TAFE, education can open so many doors for us. And I just feel like if I didn't have an education, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be able to do the work that I do. I'll support the people that I support. Um, 
I just think education is super important. It opens so many doors. It gives us new perspectives, new opinions, knowledge about the world. Agree. Um, mm. What about the kids that just go? Because I talk to them. You know, we we um, yes, the Iraqis have got uh, big families, right? <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, no, I've, I've talked to you know cousins, nephews, and sometimes they and I do my best. But, you know, they say, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, they might be 15, 16 or even 18. And they just got no clue. You know, they, they mm. know that they should probably go to uni or do something. Or, I mean, what, what would your advice be to someone who just ha has zero clue what they want to do? Yeah, my cousins are the same. Um, they're always tossing up between whether they're going to TAFE, whether they're going to university or whether doing what I do, like psychology or business or whatever. But I think it's always good to talk to someone who's been through it. Um, that's what I found very helpful when I was trying to apply. I spoke to many cousins, family, friends who had gone to university and just get their perspective on it and see what I had to do to apply, how much I needed to study. So I think looking at someone who has gone to university or gone to TAFE or some sort of education is always a good idea. Excellent. Was there... Um, you seem obviously passionate about what you do, which I love. Um, was there, I suppose, a particular point in your life where you knew you were going to do this? Like this was, you thought that's it? Because you, you seem to have strong direction mm -hmm. in what you're doing. You're, obviously, like I said, you're, you're passionate. Um, but what brought you to that point where you thought, you know what, this is, I want to do this? Yep. So um, it was in high school and a very close friend of mine was actually diagnosed with a mental illness. And oh. at that time, so I was interested in psychology, but I didn't know how to help this person. I didn't know if I was saying too much or if I was saying too little or if I was there too much or not there enough. And so in year 10, it was offered as an elective and I was like, perfect, let's do it. Let's see what this is about. How can I help? And really, I fell in love with it straight away. I'm like, this is a field exactly where I can help vulnerable people. So I continued with it all through high school, all through university. And then in university, I kind of had a different direction. Instead of working with adults and their mental illnesses, I then formed that interest of autism and developmental psychology. Um, and I was like, this is great. I also love children. This is mm -hmm. for me. I felt like it was so right. And so when I finished my four years of university, I landed in this amazing job of working with kids in autism and I just love it. And I just feel like I'm so lucky to wake up and go to a job that I love at such a young age as well. That's mm. awesome. Um, Thank you. And is that, is that what's pushed you to do your master's? That's what's pushing me to do my master's, yes. Yeah. Awesome. What yeah. will you gain, uh, again, for people who don't know the levels from you know, your postgrad to your master's, what will you gain by doing? I mean, it might sound like a silly question, but I think people would like to know what, what would you gain from doing a master's? If you're yeah. already working at your, the job that you love, uh, you're succeeding in it, you're doing great. Um, what, what, what's going to happen from doing your master's? Yeah, with the master's, I can move up to become a behavior consultant. So the behavior consultants are the ones who do the initial assessment and the ones who develop the program for the therapist to implement fantastic yeah, yeah. um so as i mentioned before there you know you're albert einstein's right so there's been there's been mm -hmm. talk of some of you know history's great minds like einstein he may have had autism yep. uh have you studied that or is that 
Is that anything that you've come across in your in your study? We haven't studied that explicitly. Um, we just had a brief overview that, yeah, he potentially may have autism and he's a great mind. Why, why is that? What, what traits? Just him being able to come up with these interesting theories and just him being able to push himself like no one would have thought of this kind of theory or this kind of formula yeah. that brain just works and it fires in different ways that people typically don't think of certain ways like that yeah um mm. awesome. so could you take us uh through what you do in terms of you get a child um diagnosed with autism mm -hmm. uh what's i suppose the process and what's the ultimate goal yeah so an average, average how long would you spend with a with a child yeah so um, they will come to us with the diagnosis of autism the behavior consultants will then do an assessment to see where they're at what kind of skills they have whether they have great fine motor skills um, gross motor skills whether they have receptive or expressive language whether they have social skills and then from there we kind of see where their deficits lie and what skills we need to teach them and what skills they need to master. Right. And so the behavior consultant yeah, will come up with a program that then the therapist and all the teams for that kid will work on and implement. Um, a kid can stay with us for about a year or more, just depending on how long it takes them to master a skill. Hmm. Mm. And the age, ages when they come to you roughly? The kids that I have worked with have been around three to six years old. Yeah, six. Okay. Mm -hmm. And are there programs? We do early intervention. Early, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there are obviously programs for um, kids a lot older and even adults. Is that is that out there? Yeah, exactly. There is the clinic that I work with is for younger kids, so kids before going to primary school, and we just specialize in early intervention. Awesome. Um, what would you say in your line of work is the most challenging thing that you deal with? Um, sometimes it can be the parents. I knew you'd um, say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sometimes the parents. <laughs> Just because um, they want to sometimes see results really quickly ah. and it takes a while to get results sometimes. Um, sometimes parents may not understand exactly what we are doing or what is happening behind closed doors. So that can be tricky as well. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, most rewarding thing about what you do? Most rewarding thing is just seeing the kids learn, grow and develop. They come to us with little skills and then they leave with so many new skills. And that's always exciting. It's exciting for us and it's exciting for the parents. Um, you know, just the kid being able to say the word mum or the word dad brings a smile on everyone's face. Yeah, right. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so let's digress a little bit. So away from autism for a little bit. So you're a youth leader in uh, the C CWC in Melbourne. Uh, what does that stand for yeah. exactly? It stands for Conquer with Christ. Conquer with Christ. Yeah. Uh, so tell us what goes on in the youth group and, uh, you know, what you do there and, and uh, I suppose activities and maybe also tell us why people should join you know groups like this mm -hmm. so our group is very specific so we are for high schoolers 
okay. in years 10, 11, and 12. Um, we were formed last year under the supervision of Father Matthew. Okay. Yeah. So right now, because of COVID, we are actually online. So we do our topics through either Zoom or through Instagram. Mm. And then after the topic, we then split into small discussion groups. And that is based on the year levels and they're split into girls and boys. Um, and it's an opportunity for the leaders and for the youth to discuss the topic, to discuss what they learned from it, answer any questions, if they have any life experiences that were related around the topic, or just talk about anything else that may be on their mind. So it's a very great opportunity there. It's very intimate and just to see what everyone thinks and how they feel. Um, we also do a lot of other fun stuff. <laughs> Currently, we're doing a lot of challenges. We're doing skits on Instagram. We're doing TikToks just Good. to kind of get them connected still, even though we are so far away from each other, but we still want to maintain that connectedness between us and them. Brilliant. Oh, so you've got a uh, Instagram and a, what's the other yep. one? Uh, we've got TikTok, TikTok, so we post all of that on Instagram, yes. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, yeah. I, I spoke to um, uh, Archbishop, you know, Emil Nona recently, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I actually had some questions for him from our, our youth, and uh, you know, he some of the youth were saying, you know, questions like, why do we have religion? You know, all, all these uh, questions that you think of, I suppose, when you're when you're that age, and uh, he actually recommended then if you want a lot of these things answered, that you can't go from just can't get from just going to mass, for example, on a Sunday. Um, you know, go to Bible school, but go to, uh, you know, youth groups and all that stuff, because it's a lot more in depth in terms of study and, and you can get a lot of those questions answered. Is that fair? Would you, obviously you'd agree with that? That's fair to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, like we present so many topics on that kind of stuff and, you know, we present topics on the Bible or on the mass or on confession and what they mean and how they relate to us. And the youth that come to us are very hungry. Oh they're very bright and they're very keen to know and learn more about their faith, which is absolutely amazing to see. And you can just see that a lot of them will make great leaders one day as well. Awesome. And that's your, your, your purpose, I suppose, to create, create obviously great people in the community, but also leaders. Yeah. To create leaders. They're so bright. You can just see it in them that if they put their mind to it, that they can achieve it as well. Right. Awesome. Um, now for, you know, we've talked about a lot of the things that you love and you, you, um, your successes as well. Uh, can you tell us a time about, uh, if you can think of a time where you experienced failure or maybe a bit of heartbreak, um, and what you learned mm -hmm. from that, how you got through it? Yeah. Um, there's a specific example that every time I get asked this question, I remember straight away. Oh, I'm not looking um, it was... <laughs> No. <laughs> um, Basically, it was after I finished honours, I just wanted to do master's straight away. I was like, I've completed four years. There's two more. Let's just do it. And mm. I was kind of tossing up between a lot of areas of psychology to get into. But I thought educational and developmental psychology made sense at the time. I want to work with children. I want to see how they learn and develop. Mm. Um, actually, I didn't get in first round after honours and I was absolutely shattered. Right. Um, I was just like, I've worked so hard for this and I didn't get in and I've prayed so much for it and <laughs> why didn't I get in? It was just difficult to understand. <laughs> 
And so I was like, okay, well, I didn't get in. Let's just take this year off and explore other interests. And I felt like at that time, God was really looking out for me because what I thought I wanted wasn't actually what I wanted because I then landed in this job and I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is where my passion lies. This is now what I want to do. So then I started just doing that job for a year, now applied in the master's degree that I'm really passionate about. And I just learned not to make rush decisions that God's plan is always better than yours yeah. and just take it step by step. Mm. Beautiful. Um, what would you say your purpose is right now? I think my purpose right now is to still work with people. Um, I love working with people. I find it so rewarding and there's always something new to learn about people. And in my job, it's full of surprises. Every day is a new day. And I feel like that makes me so happy just knowing that I can work with people and support them. But mm. then also being a youth leader, I feel like I can be a role model for the young youth and that I'm here to support them through Christ as well. Beautiful. Um, I suppose for those who, um, you know, who have no idea or aren't connected to autism in any way, you know, just uh, general people, um, is there any way that I suppose society or the people can help um, when it comes to autism itself who, who are disconnected from it? Mm, I reckon just being open to it. Um, yes, people with autism are different, but let's just so show compassion to them. Um, they're still amazing individuals. They have a lot of love and a lot of knowledge and we can actually learn so much from them as well. So just accept it really and just be nice to them as well because they're human too. Yeah, so just a bit more. And that's what you'd like to see happen, I suppose, short term and long term. Yeah, short term and long term. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I won't guess your age, but I know you're older than 18 and you're, you're, well, and you're well into your into your work right now. Uh, but what would be the best advice you could give your 18-year-old self? If you could I reckon don't, don't be sorry. too hard on yourself. Oh, don't be too hard. Okay. Don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. Um, sometimes, yes, you will fail, but... The most important thing is just getting up and trying again and again. You may fail once, twice or three times. That doesn't matter as long as you try your best. Awesome. Uh, who would you say has been, have you had a mentor or role model that, that, you, that you've connected with and uh, has helped you along your path? Yeah, my parents for sure. I know a lot of people may say parents, but definitely my parents. Um, they came to Australia. To Sorry? They didn't tell you to make sure you say that, did they? Or? No, definitely oh. not. <laughs> definitely not. Um, they've been in Australia for about 25 years. And when they came to Australia, they wanted to just build a future straight away for themselves um, and have a future that they can support their kids as well. Um, growing up, my parents were always very supportive. They never put pressure on us or pushed us to be a certain way or to study this specific thing or to be a doctor or whatever they just encouraged us to find our passion and they were supporting us day and night when we were stressed about studying or we had a problem going on they were just always so nice and so calm and so supportive some some good advice for some parents out there eh? oh that's great then <laughs> <laughs>
Um, and so you never found, I suppose, someone that uh, um, became like a role model or mentor in, in your field of work? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think my clinical director, mm -hmm. she is absolutely amazing at what she does. And you can see how much she loves what she does. And I look at her and I'm like, one day I want to be like you. Mm. Um, what is it about her that you, what traits, success traits do you see that you, you think, yeah, I want to do that? She's so calm. Um, during any situation, she's just so calm and she's so reinforcing as well. Just always supporting the therapists that work around her. She never makes herself seem that she's better than them. No. Um, she just acts like she's one of us as well, even though she's got a really high respected position around the world as well. She's around just very, world. yeah, she's just very nice and she's just very open to everything and to everyone. Awesome. And uh, that's something that you aspire to be, what, what she's doing now? Yeah, what she's doing right now. Awesome, awesome. Um, uh, anything that you'd like to see happen with uh, your line of work in the next five to 10 years? Any areas that you think um, we need more of this, less of that? Mm -hmm. any, frustr any frustrations that you, yeah, you see right now that uh, you wish you could overcome and uh, make life easier for people who do what you do? I think just being more open to it is a big thing. You know, autism is all around us right now. There are so many people that have it, but let's just be open to it um, and not to be scared about it. Um, you know, they can get early intervention and they can get the support that they need to grow and develop and to do amazing things, but let's just be open about it. And let's talk about it, not to be afraid. And, I, and I've heard uh, also, uh, you know, the government is actually quite supportive, aren't they? in terms of um, offering funding for, for children who have it. So mm -hmm. for parents who are yeah. in, for example, who may suspect that their kids have some sort of a, you know, learning, whether it's a learning difficulty or potentially autism. Uh, I, I've seen that there is, a, what's it called? ND, ND, NDIS. NDIS. Um, and that's a substantial, I think, depending on the case, right? yes there's some considerable help there as well for for parents because i think that might be a concern that parents think yeah i i think my child has something but you know i don't mm -hmm. know we're, we're living a week to week at the moment how do we afford yeah. any extra help yeah you're exactly right i mean therapy is very expensive so yeah. a lot of our parents do get ndis funding um and that's okay. what the behavior consultant will do so the behavior consultant will assess the child assess their skills write a report to NDIS and then we wait for a reply from them and see how much funding the family will get. Awesome. And that looks after a lot of the what sessions and the sessions. Yes. Because a lot of the times they may not just need a behavior therapist. They may also need a speech pathologist ah. and just depending on the services they need prices of course increase more. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm. So how are you doing your work now, now that there's lockdown in Melbourne and, you know, you, you guys are the bad state at the moment. We are the bad state, yes. <laughs> um, I'm still going to work, so we're still oh, open. The, clin the clinic is still open, um, but we just have to maintain social distancing, wearing masks, um, just oh. cleaning each time. But we are still open and clients are still coming in. And uh, the kids come in with their both parents or one or how does it work? Um, so it's just the kids that come in for a session. Oh, no parents. Um, no parents but what we do is each kid will have a clinic day and this means 
that all the behavior therapists who work with the kid along with the behavior consultant will come and have a meeting and the parents will also come along and we show them what skills we've been working on with the kid, where the kid is at, what new targets we're working on. Um, but because of COVID, that's all through Zoom. So the parents will hop on through Zoom and just watch us run a session with the kids. Awesome. So it's brilliant. So tell me, uh, for the people who aren't Melbournians, when the, when the borders open up again and, and whatnot, um, whereabouts are you guys uh, located? Where's the youth group? Uh, the church, uh, for people who've never ventured out of... I, I've travelled and lived all over Australia, uh, which I love. As I said, lived in Melbourne, Sydney, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, where, whereabouts for people who've never gone to Victoria, because I did meet them, I'm telling you, when I was in Victoria. They were first-timers that lived in Australia for 30 years. Yeah. Never, <laughs> never seen the Great Ocean Road. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, where is that? That's crazy. Yeah. Unbelievable. But tell me, where is... Uh, so is the youth group attached to the church exactly the same place or? Yes. Yeah, so our youth group is at St. George Chaldean Catholic Church. That's one yeah. of the newer churches in Melbourne. Um, and we do our sessions in the church hall. Okay. And St. George is in which, which part of Melbourne? It's in Camberfield. Okay. okay. Yeah. And that, that's the... Uh, that's where a lot of the Iraqis live around that area, the oh. north part. So yep. it's easy. So you'll, 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 you'll recognize it just by listening in. To the, exactly. To the shops. Um, tell yeah, me, yeah. you're Iraqi, Chaldean, favorite food? Dolma, of course. Oh. <laughs> the best thing ever. My mum just made it, so I'm excited for that. Oh my God, I think I could smell it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, obviously warm Dolma, not cold, cold. Warm, yeah, no, warm. I don't know how people... Sorry about all my Greek friends. I don't know how you call Dolma. Honestly, <laughs> what is going on there? Um, so outside of work, exactly. favorite part of time? What, what, do you, what do you love to do outside of work when you got a bit of time to relax? Um, well, pre-COVID was actually going out for brunch with friends and family. That was the best thing ever. <laughs> now, because of COVID, just chilling at home with my family, there's nothing else that we can really do. Um, and do you find yourself, uh, I mean, I know you, you've studied a lot, you're studying now. Um, do you have a fascination with any books or novels or do you like reading? I do like reading. Um, one of my favorite books is actually The Little Prince. Right. The yeah. Little Prince, Real Prince. I never, I haven't heard of that. Oh, look it up. It's a great book. I won't spoil it for you. Okay. All right. We'll have a <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, Claudia, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it's been wonderful Thank to talk you. to you. Uh, any last thoughts before we, uh, we say bye for now? I think just for the young youth to believe in, in themselves, they can do so much if they just put their mind to it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, mm -hmm. uh, and if they feel lost and uh, don't know what to do, um, perhaps, you know, look at joining a youth group because they are youth groups. Yours absolutely. is high school. It's high school, yes. But uh, there are youth groups, obviously, from 18 to plus, isn't there? There is, yes. Yeah. We've got two in Melbourne. Two in Melbourne, there you go. There you go. Even though you're 18 plus. 18 plus. Brilliant. All right. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, restrictions are lifted for you guys soon. You know, continue to do the great Hopefully, work fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers <laughs> Thank and everything you. crossed. Uh, you know, good on you for doing, again, the great work that you do. Uh, I think it's wonderful for what you're doing for kids and 
like we're saying for parents out there, um, you know, don't be worried about, it, don't be afraid. Uh, you know, if you feel anything like this, uh, go in and see someone and, and uh, it, it's not a bad thing. Like we said, some of the great minds have had it. And, exactly. uh, and uh, would you agree it's not a lack of intelligence? It's more of a, uh, a gift, you know, in a way. It's definitely a gift. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. All right, Claudia. Well, thanks again for joining us. You have a great day. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you. Yes.